And we join on the line now by Narina Fisser, strategist and an advisor at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to all the listeners. Narina, the World Economic Forum on Africa 2016, that's currently underway in Kigali in Rwanda. But who's there and what are some of the main topics that they're discussing? So a lot of the representatives there certainly are government, business, and um, even non-profit organization leaders from within Africa. But there's also quite a strong international contingent. Um, you know, we're all very familiar with the World Economic Forum that is held in Davos in Switzerland every um, January. Um, and, and great to see that this is the 26th year, in fact, where the World Economic Forum in Africa is, is held, and only the second time that it's in East Africa and the first time that it is in, in Rwanda. I guess the main focus of attention really is about looking at how Africa can transform its economic growth from um, its sort of the traditional and historical dependence on commodities and resources into an economy that is more relevant for the, the 21st century. And so this fourth industrial revolution that we keep hearing about. So it's very much about um, focusing on things like technology and how that can assist in transforming the African um, economy. Um, it's also about looking clearly to things like education, um, but just how can sustainable growth in, in Africa be achieved in the context of a global environment that is, that is less dependent on Africa's rich natural resources. Uh, Narina, something that uh, many of our listeners are talking and tweeting about this morning, um, and that is uh, that we learned yesterday that South Africa is now only the third largest economy on the continent after Nigeria and Egypt. So what's behind this? Yeah, you know, so we we know that since the Arab Spring a couple of years ago in in Egypt, they have certainly been enjoying quite steady GDP growth since then. Um, And, and, you know, earlier this week we spoke about the, the massive unemployment numbers that we've got in South Africa. And in the case of Egypt, that is not nearly the same sort of scale of, of problem that they've got. Um, I think, uh, however, when we look at, at some of these numbers, we are very aware of the fact that our own economic growth has been going backwards over the last five years. But a very important factor is the impact of the RAND and the depreciation of our currency of around 50% over the last three years or so is really one of the big drivers for us dropping into third place because um, the sizes of the, of the African economies are expressed in U.S. dollars when they are compared on such a, such a, a relative basis. Now, there's, an, there's a case to be made that um, one of the, the, that this is really sort of a, a flawed calculation because the South African rand is a lot more liquid, a lot deeper, a much more real and tradable currency compared to both the Egyptian pound as well as the Nigerian naira. And in particular in the case of of Egypt, what we see there is that their currency, the official currency versus the, the level at which the currency trades on the black market, there's about a 40% difference between those two. So um, clearly these numbers from the IMF are based on the official exchange rate, but we all know that that is not really the level <clears throat> at which the currency in Egypt is, is, is really available and, and readily available for trade, and, and that, that therefore masks the, the, the true nature of that economy. But, you know, we can, we can sort of argue or debate about technicalities. I think it does um, serve as a stark reminder that South Africa's economy is definitely in, in, in backward mode um, compared to many of our, of our African neighbours, and I think a lot that needs to be, to be done in terms of introspection and taking some of these 
these lessons from um, the, the, Af- the World Economic Forum and say, what can we do in South Africa also to, to turn around our economy? And then, Narina, just looking around, um, you know, when we look to our neighbors and uh, brothers on the continent, what can we learn from our fellow Africans then? You know, there's, there's so much um, interest um, sort of developments that take place on the African continent that I think can serve as, a, as, as certainly an indication for us. You know, even if we just start with Rwanda, they, they are often referred to as, as little Switzerland or the Switzerland of, of Africa. Um, and I guess it's, it's, it's for fairly obvious reasons. It's a landlocked country. It's mountainous and relatively small. But I think very important in terms of Rwanda is that it's one of the few countries in Africa that does not have the rich natural resources and therefore, in their case, they've been compelled to, to embrace this fourth industrial revolution a lot sooner than many of, of the other African countries. So when you go to Rwanda, you will find that, uh, that the technology and especially telecommunications, Internet and so on, is incredibly far advanced in Rwanda. And they've really sort of used this to their advantage to create um, a, a great hub. Um, they also get compared to the Singapore of Africa, the extent to which they use technology and, and and especially the ease of doing business. But, you know, another one that I also find very interesting, we, we learned recently that Ghana has removed all the, um, visas for African citizens. Now, when we think in terms of visa regulations and the requirement for it, one of the reasons, obviously, is to screen potential visitors to try and, and look at this from a security point of view. But the reality is that for many countries, visas really just represent a source of revenue. And I think the clever thing that Ghana has done with this is that they have removed the the requirement to apply for a visa in advance of visiting. You basically just buy um, buy a visa on arrival. So thereby, you still retain the income that you will receive receive from the visa, but you remove the schlep and the you know the difficulty and the and the onerous uh, requirements of actually having to apply for such a visa in advance. And I think um, in South Africa, we can certainly learn a lot from that in terms of not only just making it easier to do business in South Africa, but also access to South Africa and really especially um, inviting our our African neighbors and making it a lot easier for them to travel to and from South Africa, not just for tourism, but certainly also for business. Well, Narina, thank you so much. Speak to you again tomorrow. That was Narina Fisser, strategist and advisor at ETFSA.